Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to this week's episode of Talking with the Jeds. My name is Juliet Katz, and I'm here with Ellie Anderson, Dylan Stone, and Sienna Oppenheimer. And so this week's question asks us if honesty is always the best policy. And what if you heard someone talking negative about someone else? Would you tell them? And so Honestly, I think honesty is really important because it shows integrity. I do think, though, that there are kind of like two different sides of honest or two different sides of like lying. There's the side of lying that like is absolutely not okay, which is like the lying about cheating on a test or all that type. And then there's the type of lying that like, for example, if my sister came downstairs and was wearing a hideous dress but I told her it looked good just so that I didn't make her feel bad. I think there's two types. And I think the second one might not always be bad, but the first one can be, it is bad. And I I think that's the one that's really important. And that's what I think I really hate it when people lie in specific. I I don't know. Do you guys, what do you guys think about that? So Julia, I agree with you, but I think if someone told me a lie or like something negative about like someone else, I would not tell them because I'm not a big fan of drama. And if they get mad at the person, then everyone will get involved and like all this drama would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think it depends. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I think that like white lies are sometimes like are okay, depending on the situation. Like, um, Juliet, you said about if your sister asked her opinion on a dress and, like, you didn't think it was looking too good, I mean, I wouldn't say to them, oh, my God, your dress is so ugly because that's going to make them feel really bad on themselves. So something like that I think is okay. But like you said, cheating on a test, that's, like, kind of really bad. And you kind of need to, like, be honest with yourself and be like, I don't think that's okay. Right, right. And, like, especially when people lie. It's like having a closed book. Like, people with an open book, they they are just so much easier to trust. So, if someone lies once, like, it's not a huge deal. Like, just one, like, white lie. But someone who's always lying all the time develops this reputation for being a closed book. And I don't think that's something that you should thrive for that anyone would want. Especially yeah. if, you know you're originally thought of as an open book and then you turn into a closed book mm-hmm. anyone else have any thoughts could you elaborate ellie on the elaborate book? of course so you know when you have a book and it's closed um it's just not open to anyone else and if your book mm-hmm. is open you're open to everyone so oh, my oh, analogy explains how if the book is closed it's keeping all these lies inside ellie i i think that's a very good analogy i agree that like lying can go both ways right yeah i just think like i mean obviously white lies are okay i'm not gonna say they're not i just think in general it's so much better to be honest and to show integrity because you just never know. And, like, yes, like, if I told my sister her dress was cute, yes, that was because I didn't want her to feel bad about herself. But, like, if I was hosting a party and was inviting two of the three of you, like, and didn't tell and, like, lied about it or said, like, oh, yeah, like, I have family dinner. Like, no, like, that's that's what I think is can be really hurtful. And I don't know. Yeah, I uh, agree 100%. And Dylan... And Juliet, you're like add ons. I really agree with as well. Perfect. I agree 200%. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up for today. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Merci beaucoup. Hi, I'm, I'm showing you. Hi, I'm Juliet Katz from the Kid Practice Podcast. Okay, ready? Hi guys, I'm Juliet. Um, I'm in the March Squad, and I'm here with Henry, Francesca, Jeremiah. And so today we're going to be discussing 
um, March, the book March. And the first question that we're given for today's podcast is discuss different options and mean, means for protest and cite specific examples from the text, um, whether successful or not. And it asks us, what's the most effective way to make a societal change and what makes one more effective than another? And why do you think some become more popular than others? Anyone want to pitch in on what they think? Yeah. So one example of a protest I found in the book March is on page 58 in the bottom panel. And it says, Dr. King, as a president of the Montgomery Improvement Association, led a boycott of those buses. Hmm. Yes, I see that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. one. As we were learning in class, like boycott is like protest. Yeah. Um, good one. Yeah, I think that one's a really good one. Um, on page ninety, I found that that John Lewis led a led. I think this was this one of the sit-ins when many many people lined up to go into the restaurant to be able to sit at mm-hmm. the bar area. Yeah, and since since black people were not allowed to sit at the bar area that's like a really it was this was a really big deal back then totally and i think it's really inspiring how Mm -hmm. so many people decided to come together to help um change this like really important matter yes yeah yeah i I agree i also think like um i think like talking about making the most effective way to make a societal change I think when personally I think like a boycott is probably most effective or like a standing protest um as we like as we learned about today the boycott with like not supporting a company financially I think or even a sit-in I think that's also really effective what do you guys think Mm -hmm. yeah I think a boycott is much better for protesting if you really need something to be shut down because it's a direct impact on the company because they can no longer make the same amount of money or sufficient money even. So they can no longer keep keep, um, Mm. going unless they do or do what the uh, protesters want them to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremiah, what do you think? What do you think? Well, on page 85 where they did a sit in a restaurant and mm-hmm. what they're yeah. trying to do is get make change because like they weren't allowed to eat there so what they'll yeah. do is they'll sit there and then they'll ask for the manager and then when the manager says you have to leave they left yeah and- well on page 85 weren't they doing like a practice sit in to make sure that they were like to make sure that their theory um, of the the restaurant not allowing them to sit there was true, but still, yes, like, it was. Yeah. But it like added to the like process of the yeah. Sit-in. It was the beginning of the start. Yeah. It was like the start. Yeah, and like that one was just to show how like even without having causing any violence or anything, how they're still like even they're just sitting there, they're still like treated badly, totally. and kicked out for no reason and it's just i think it's super unfair that that happened i totally agree with you so unfair um i totally agree i think um the reason so on page 88 i saw in the bottom panel it says on february 7th one week after the green pharaoh sit-ins we began so that's kind of when they like actually start like done with the like practice one or the test their theories and I just found that to be, I think sit-ins at the time, I'm not as sure with COVID as they're, if they're um, as popular of a type of protest. Um, they might be, I just, I don't know. Um, but I think at the time they were really popular. And I think something that makes like a protest more popular than like a type of protest more popular than another type um, is how many people do it. For example, a boycott is definitely, I would say, more individual because you're like, you're personally choosing to not support a company financially, but like a standing protest or sit in, you have to have like a community um, to do it. What do you guys think? 
I think. I don't know. I think that you, um, having more people is important, but the hardest part is getting those people because on the boy, right. for example, the boycott on page 58 with the buses, it was really hard for people not to take those buses because they still have to work a nine to five. Um, yeah. And they have to get up and they have to get there on time. So not taking those buses was definitely a huge sacrifice that I'm sure some people couldn't do. And that makes yeah. a protest more effective because like a sit-in more effective because it's a little bit easier for the people to do. So access to being able to do those protests is definitely a big um, part of right. how effective one protest is. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think that um, how Henry said, like it was a huge sacrifice to not be able to take the bus to work even like and even if they had nowhere else no like they had no they didn't have anything else to go to work in so a lot of people had to walk and that's made them have to leave earlier and it was harder for them but they Mm -hmm. still decided to not take the bus because they wanted to change the system and how everything was and even if some people still wanted the system changed and but they couldn't because they had to get to work somehow um that's how why it was harder because the people that um the people that took the bus even if they didn't agree with the systems of the how how it was they still took it yeah okay um should we move to the Um, next question or anyone else want to pitch anything does anyone have anything else to say or should we um, I had this oh, one yeah, moment. Oh, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jim. Um, I'm looking for it right now, but, like, basically, yeah. Um, it was around page 58. I'm trying to find it, but, like, it was page 56. I found it. Um, he says on the top, Dr. King's message hit me like a bolt of lightning. He applied the principles of the church to what was happening now, today. It was called the social gospel, and I felt like it was preaching directly to me. Was one of, I think that's one turning point because mm-hmm. that's like, that's that. If that didn't happen, he probably would have never did all this stuff. Yeah. So the question asks us, um, at this point, what do you see? Just to refresh everyone, at this point, what do you see as the turning points? Um, for example, the moments. That shaped who John Lewis became in his life, and how does the illustrator use visuals to demonstrate these significant moments in the text? Um, and so, um, anyone want to say? I know Jeremiah just said a really good one. Anyone else want to? I have one on page twenty-seven where John Lewis, a young John Lewis, is preaching to the chickens, mm-hmm. and this is a big turning point because mm-hmm. this is kind of when. I think he the turning point happened when he really said violence is not okay. I don't like violence towards anyone, including chickens and animals. Yeah. And that was definitely a turning point because he spent his practically his entire life leading protests against unfair system because people were hurting. But in the process of that, he wasn't hurting anyone else uh, physically. Yeah. So that was um, when he realized that violence was not okay. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You also yeah. can see, like, on the panels, like it's like shows the the different color. Like, it's like all black on the bottom and then all. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just observed that. Yeah, and um, it's led by the Bible too, so mm-hmm. the Bible was definitely sure. something that stuck to him and turned yeah. him away from violence. Francesca, yeah. You'd like um, to yeah, I want to add on. Also, on page forty three, it was a kind of a big turning point for John Lewis because. Oh that's when he realized that life wasn't only that it's like segregation like right. when he went when he traveled to towards buffalo and stuff he noticed that white and black people were living next door to each other and that's like something yeah. very new to him because where he lived um there was pe- people of this different races did not live next to each other because that was a thing that, like, no one ever did before. And I think that was a big turning point for him because it was just new. And 
he was probably very excited because he said he bursted with excitement Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's something that he never thought would ever could happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I love to like elaborate. Like I, so I also like thought that was a huge turning point on page 42 and 43. I also thought on page, I think it's 53. Um, yeah, it's fifth or sorry, 59. And, it's, I think this is a huge turning point. It's a little similar to what Jeremiah said, but it says, Dr. King's example showed me that it was possible to do more as a minister than what I had witnessed in my own church. I was inspired. And so it says, like, it's explaining how um, how inspired John Lewis was. And when he heard um, Dr. King's, like, example of the sermon, it, he he felt inspired to make changes in the world. And I think that was a huge turning point for him. Yeah. I'd like to add on to Francesca's on 43, um, mm-hmm. because this I agree with her that it's a big turning point, but not only for the reasons that she stated, but also for the reason that he learned how different races could live in harmony, which is something he hadn't seen before and something yeah. he used in his protest to not, not necessarily um, put the black community above the white, but make them equal. Right. Well, also, like, it just shows that, like, when he got a new um, point of perspective and like, like was able to take a broad view and see that like the world isn't only what, like there's more to the world than how he sees it. He was totally inspired and changed forever. Cause yeah. Yeah. And have anything else they'd like to add? I, I do. I have one on page 52. Okay. Let's and start. this, this is when, he would he wasn't supposed to go to school because he had to help work on the farm because mm-hmm. of financial problems but he still would because he knew that he had, he had a dream and he was dedicated and yeah. this this is really a turning yeah. point because this is when he realized i know i can do something with my dream and i know it's important and i have to act on that he, it's so it was worth the scolding that he got to pursue totally. his dream and go to school totally. and the education yeah that he needed that's definitely yeah yeah, that's definitely a turning point for him like in his life and I also think like the illustrations really show that because there isn't there isn't that much going on in the like the Mm -hmm. panels it's just like a plain field and like the bus there's like a few words also it's like literally maybe like yeah but like the words like kind of mean a lot like I dash out climb on and be off but like it doesn't only mean in like the car it means like for his life like it was like a starting point for him to eventually preach and lead many different people Mm -hmm. and like be off into into his adult life kind of I think yeah yeah I definitely agree especially on the um bottom left panel on page 53 you can see the face that he's making and that he's stubborn he's dedicated he knows what he has to do and yeah. he's making the face that shows he won't give up. He's going yeah, to pursue I see it. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really oh. yeah. Good point. Okay, well, I think does that wrap it up for today? I think it does. Yeah, yeah. Right, I just uh, I'd like to add one more thing. Okay, yeah, of course, of course. See, John Lewis knows that he, what he did would definitely help, but it's not completely finished because what we saw in the summer with George Floyd, for example, it's still going on, and we still see it. Although some things have reformed, we still see corrupt systems today. And I think that we mm-hmm. we still, we have to look back at what he did um, and use his skills to reform yes. today. John Lewis? Yes. Yeah. And reform today yeah. how he did with the nonviolence, because I think that works better because it gets the media mm-hmm. on your side, which is very important. And use his strategies like the boycott and sit-ins. Um, if we disagree with nothing today. Totally agree. I agree with that because I think that even though, like, John Lewis did so much, he, I think, I don't know him, obviously, but I think that he would want for, like, the future kids and people to follow in his footsteps. And even if it's not only, like, 
racial injustice, like for many different, um, for many different topics and subjects that like the world needs help with. I think that jo- uh, that yeah. John Lewis's like I totally agree with you would be because... really helpful in that er- area. Totally. Mm. Um. Yeah, I think those were all really, really good points. Um. Well, I think that's it for today. Um. Thank you for listening to March Squad. Um. And yeah, thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Hi guys, I'm Juliet. Um, I'm in the March Squad, and I'm here with Henry, Francesca, Jeremiah. And so today we're going to be discussing um, March, the book March. And the first question that we're given for today's podcast is discuss different options and mean, means for protest and cite specific examples from the text. Um, whether successful or not and it asks us what's the most effective way to make a societal change and what makes one more effective than another and why do you think some become more popular than others anyone want to pitch in on what they think yeah so one example of a protest i found in the book march is on page 58 in the bottom panel and it says dr king as a president of the montgomery improvement association led a boycott of those buses yes i see that yeah that's a good one that's a really good one one. as we were learning in class like boycott is like protest yeah um yeah i think that one's a really good one um on page 90 i found that that john lewis led a led I think this was this one of the sit-ins when many many people lined up to go into the restaurant to be able to sit at the bar area. Yeah. And since since black people were not allowed to sit at the bar area, that's like a really it was this was a really big deal back then. Totally. And I think it's really inspiring how so many people decided to come together to help um change this like really important matter yes yeah yeah i, think I that agree was really i also protest. think like um i think like talking about making the most effective way to make a societal change i think when personally i think like a boycott is probably most effective or like a standing protest um as we like as we learned about today the boycott with like not supporting a company financially i think or even a sit-in i think that's also really effective what do you guys yeah. think mm-hmm. yeah i think I, a boycott is yeah. much better for protesting if you really need something to be shut down because it's a direct impact on the company because they can no longer make the same amount of money or sufficient money right. even so they can no longer keep keep um mm going unless they do or do right. what the uh, protesters want them to do right yeah. yeah Jeremiah what do you think what do you think well I go on page 85 where they did a sit in at a restaurant and mm-hmm. what they're trying to do is get make change because like they weren't allowed to eat there so what they'll yeah. do is they'll sit there and then they'll ask for the manager and then when the manager says you have to leave, they left. Yeah, and well, on page 85, weren't they doing like a practice sit in to make sure that they were like, to make sure that their theory um, of the the restaurant not allowing them to sit there was true? But still, yes, like, it was. But it like added to the like process of the Yeah, sit-in. it was the beginning of the start. Yeah. It was like the start. Yeah, and like that one was just to show how like even without having causing any violence or anything how they're still like even they're just sitting there they're still like treated badly and kicked out for no reason and it's just i think it's super unfair that that happened i totally agree so unfair um i totally agree i think um 
the reason so on page 88 i saw in the bottom panel it says on february 7th one week after the green pharaoh sit-ins we began so that's kind of when they like actually start like done with the like practice one or the test their theories and i just found that to be i think sit-ins at the time i'm not as sure with covid as they're if they're um as popular of a type of protest um they might be i just i don't know um but i think at the time they were really popular and i think something that makes like a protest more popular than like a type of protest more popular than another type um is how many people do it for example a boycott is definitely i would say more individual because you're like you're personally choosing to not support a company financially but like a standing protest or sit-in you have to have like a community um to do it what do you guys think i think i don't know i think that you um having more people is important but the hardest part is getting those people because on the boy for example the boycott on page 58 with the buses it was really hard for people not to take those buses because they still have to work a nine to five um, yeah and they have to get up and they have to get there on time so not taking those buses was definitely a huge sacrifice that i'm sure some people couldn't do and that makes the protest more effective because like a sit-in more effective because it's a little bit easier for the people to do so access to being able to do those protests is definitely a big um part of how effective one protest is yeah 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 i think that um how henry said like it was a huge sacrifice to not be able to take the bus to work even like and even if they had nowhere else no like they had no they didn't have anything else to go to work in so a lot of people had to walk and that's made them have to leave earlier and it was harder for them but they Mm -hmm. still decided to not take the bus because they wanted to change the system and how everything was and even if some people still wanted the system changed and but they couldn't because they had to get to work somehow um that's how why it was harder because the people that um the people that took the bus even if they didn't agree with the systems of the how how it was they still took it yeah okay um should we move to the Uh, next question or anyone else want to pitch anything does anyone have anything else to say or should we um i had this oh yeah oh sorry no go ahead um i'm looking for it right now but like basically yeah um, it was around page 58. I'm trying to find it, but like, it was page 56. I found it. Um, he says on the top, Dr. King's message hit me like a bolt of lightning. He applied the principles of the church to what was happening now, today. It was called the social gospel, and I felt like it was preaching directly to me. Was one of, I think that's one turning point because mm-hmm. that's like, that's that if that didn't happen he probably would have never did all this stuff yeah so the question asks us um at this point what do you see just to refresh everyone at this point what do you see as the turning points um for example the moments that shaped who john lewis became in his life and how does the illustrator use visuals to demonstrate these significant moments in the text um and so um, anyone want to say? I know Jeremiah just said a really good one. Anyone else want to pitch in? I have one on page 27 where John Lewis, a young John Lewis, is preaching to the chickens. Mm-hmm. And this is a big turning point because this is kind of when I think he the turning point happened when he really said, violence is not okay. I don't like violence towards anyone, including chickens and animals. Yeah, and that was definitely a turning point because he spent his practically his entire life leading protests against unfair system because people were hurting, but in the process of that, he wasn't hurting anyone else uh, physically. Yeah. So that was um, when he realized that violence was not okay. Totally. 
yeah yeah you also yeah. can see like on the panels like it's like shows the the different colors it's like all black on the bottom and then all i don't know mm-hmm. i just observed that yeah. and it's led by the bible too so mm-hmm. the bible was definitely True. something that stuck to him and turned yeah. him away from violence francesca yeah, like um, yeah i want to add on also on page 43 it was a kind of a big turning point for john lewis because that's when he realized that life wasn't only that it's like segregation like right. when he went when he traveled to towards buffalo and stuff he noticed that white and black people were living next door to each other and that's like something yeah. very new to him because where he lived um there was people of this different races did not live next to each other because that was a thing that like no one ever did before and I think that was a big turning point for him because it was just new and he was probably very excited because he said he bursted with excitement Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's something that he never thought would ever could happen Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a I love to like elaborate like I so I also like thought that was a huge turning point on page forty two and forty three. I also thought on page I think it's fifty um yeah it's fifty or sorry fifty nine and it's I think this is a huge turning point. It's a little similar to what Jeremiah said, but it says Dr. King's example showed me that it was possible to do more as a minister than what I had witnessed in my own church. I was inspired. And so it says like, it's explaining how, um, how inspired John Lewis was. And when he heard, um, King's like example of the sermon, it, he, he felt inspired to make changes in the world. And I think that was a huge turning point for him. Yeah. I'd like to add on to Francesca's on 43, um, mm-hmm. because this I agree with her that it's a big turning point but not only for the reasons that she stated but also for the reason that he learned how different races could live in harmony which is something he hadn't seen before and something he used in his protest to not not necessarily um put the black community above the white but make them equal right well also like it just shows that like when he got a new um point of perspective and like like was able to take a broad view and see that like the world isn't only what like there's more to the world than how he sees it he was totally inspired and changed forever because yeah yeah and have anything else they'd like to add i do i have one on page 52 okay and this this is when he would he wasn't supposed to go to school because he had to help work on the farm because mm-hmm. of the financial problems but he still would because he knew that he had, he had a dream and he was dedicated and yeah. this this is really a turning yeah. point because this is when he realized I know I can do something with my dream and I know it's important and I have to act on that he, it's so it was worth the scolding that he got to pursue his dream and go to school and the education that he needed that's definitely yeah yeah, that's definitely a turning point for him like in his life and i also think like the illustrations really show that because there isn't there isn't that much going on in the like the Mm -hmm. panels it's just like a plain field and like the bus there's like a few words also it's like literally maybe like yeah but like the words like kind of mean a lot like i dash out climb on and be off but like it doesn't only mean in like the car it means like for his life like it was like a starting point for him to eventually preach and lead many different people Mm -hmm. and like be off into into his adult life kind of i think yeah yeah i definitely agree especially on the um bottom left panel on page 53 you can see the face that he's making and that he's stubborn he's dedicated he knows what he has to do and yeah. he's making the face that shows he won't give up he's going yeah, to pursue yeah that's what yeah, it's oh. really yeah good point okay well i think does that wrap it up for today i think it does yeah yeah right, i'd just uh, like to add one more thing okay, yeah of course of course see john lewis knows that he, what he did would definitely help but it's not completely finished 
because what we saw in the summer with George Floyd, for example, it's still going on and we still see it. Although some things have reformed, we still see corrupt systems today. And I think that we we still we have to look back at what he did um, and use his skills to reform yeah, today. John Lewis. Yes. Yeah. And reform today how he did with the nonviolence because I think that works better because it gets the media mm-hmm. on your side, which is very important. And use his strategies like the boycott and sit-ins um, if we disagree with nothing today. Totally agree. I agree with that because I think that even though like John Lewis did so much, he, I think, I don't know him, obviously, but I think that he would want for like the future kids and people to follow in his footsteps and even if it's not only like racial injustice like for many different um for many different topics and subjects that like the world needs help with I think that uh, that John Lewis's like totally agree with you would be really helpful in that area totally Mm. um yeah, I think those were all really, really good points. Um, well, I think that's it for today. Um, thank you for listening to March Squad. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. I'm Juliet. Um, I'm in the March Squad, and I'm here with Henry, Francesca. Jeremiah. And so today we're going to be discussing um, March, the book March. And the first question that we're given for today's podcast is discuss different options and means for protests and cite specific examples from the text, um, whether successful or not. And it asks us, what's the most effective way to make a societal change and what makes one more effective than another? And why do you think some become more popular than others? Anyone want to pitch in on what they think? Yeah. So one example of a protest I found in the book March is on page 58 in the bottom panel. And it says, Dr. King, as a president of the Montgomery Improvement Association, led a boycott of those buses. Mm-hmm. Yes, I see that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's I a really good one, one. As we were learning in class, like boycott is like protest. Yeah. Um, good one. Yeah, I think that one's a really good one. Um, on page ninety, I found that that John Lewis led a led. I think this was this one of the sit-ins when many many people lined up to go into the restaurant to be able to sit at mm-hmm. the bar area. Yeah. And since, since black people were not allowed to sit at the bar area, that's like a really, it was, this was a really big deal back then. Totally. And I think it's really inspiring how mm-hmm. so many people decided to come together to help um, change this like really important matter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I that agree. Was a I also think, like, um, I think, like, talking about making the most effective way to make a societal change, I think when, personally, I think, like, a boycott is probably most effective or, like, a standing protest. Um, as we, like, as we learned about today, the boycott with, like, not supporting a company financially, I think, or even a sit-in, I think that's also really effective. What do you yeah. guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, a boycott is yeah. much better for protesting if you really need something to be shut down because it's a direct impact on the company because they can no longer make the same amount of money or sufficient money right. even so they can no longer keep keep um, mm. going unless they do or do right. what the uh, protesters want them to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jeremiah, what do you think? What do you think? Well, on page 85 where they did a sit in at a restaurant and mm-hmm. what they're yeah. trying to do is get make change because like they weren't 
allowed to eat there. So what they'll yeah. do is they'll sit there, and then they'll ask for the manager. And then when the manager says, you have to leave, they left. Yeah, and well, on page 85, weren't they doing, like, a practice sit-in to make sure that they were, like, to make sure that their theory um, of the the restaurant not allowing them to sit there was true? But still, yes, like, it was. But it, like, added to the, like, process of the Yeah, sit-in. it was the beginning of the start. Yeah. It was, like, the start. Yeah, and, like, that one was just to show how, like, even without having, causing any violence or anything, how they're still, like, even they're just sitting there, they're still, like, treated badly and kicked out for no reason. And it's just, I think it's super unfair that that happened. I totally agree with you. It's so unfair. I totally agree. I think, um... The reason, so on page 88, I saw in the bottom panel, it says, on February 7th, one week after the Greenboro sit-ins, we began our, so that's kind of when they, like, actually start, like, done with the, like, practice one, or the test their theories, and I just found that to be, I think, sit-ins at the time, I'm not as sure with COVID as they're, if they're um, as popular of a type of protest, Um, they might be, I just, I don't know. Um, but I think at the time they were really popular and I think something that makes like a protest more popular than like a type of protest more popular than another type, um, is how many people do it. For example, a boycott is definitely, I would say more individual because you're like, you're personally choosing to not support a company financially, but like a standing protest or sit in, you have to have like a community um, to do it. What do you guys think? I think, I don't know. I think that you um, having more people is important, but the hardest part is getting those people because on the boycott, right. for example, the boycott on page 58 with the buses, it was really hard for people not to take those buses because they still have to work a nine to five. Um, yeah. And they have to get up, and they have to get there on time. So not taking those buses was definitely a huge sacrifice that I'm sure some people couldn't do. And that makes yeah. the protest more effective because, like a sit-in more effective, because it's a little bit easier for the people to do. So access to being able to do those protests is definitely a big um, part of right. how effective one protest is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um how Henry said, like, it was a huge sacrifice to not be able to take the bus to work, even, like, and even if they had nowhere else, no, like, they had no, they didn't have anything else to go to work in, so a lot of people had to walk, and that's made them have to leave earlier, and it was harder for them, but they Mm -hmm. still decided to not take the bus because they wanted to change the system and how everything was. And even if some people still wanted the system changed and, but they couldn't because they had to get to work somehow, um, that's how, why it was harder because the people that, um, the people that took the bus, even if they didn't agree with the systems of the, how, how it was, they still took it. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we move to the Um. next question? Or anyone else want to pitch anything? Does anyone have anything else to say? Or should we? Um, I had this oh, one yeah, moment. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jeremy. Um, I'm looking for it right now. But, like, basically, yeah. Um, It was around page 58. I'm trying to find it. But, like, it was page 56. I found it. Um, He says on the top, Dr. King's message hit me like a bolt of lightning. Yeah. He applied the principles of the church to what was happening now, today. It was called the social gospel, and I felt like it was preaching directly to me. Was one of, I think that's one turning point because mm-hmm. that's like, that's that. If that didn't happen, he probably would have never did all this stuff. Yeah. So the question asks us, um, at this point, what do you see? Just to refresh everyone. At this point, what do you see as the turning points, um, for example, the moments that shaped who John Lewis became in his life, and how does the illustrator use visuals 
to demonstrate these significant moments in the text. Um, and so um, anyone want to say, I know Jeremiah just said a really good one. Anyone else want to? I have one on page 27 where John Lewis, a young John Lewis, is preaching to the chickens. Mm -hmm. And this is a big turning point because Mm -hmm. this is kind of when I think he the turning point happened when he really said violence is not okay. I don't like violence towards anyone, including chickens and animals. Yeah. And that was definitely a turning point because he spent his practically his entire life leading protests against unfair system because people were hurting but in the process of that he wasn't hurting anyone else uh physically so that was um when he realized that violence was not okay totally yeah yeah you also see like on the panels like it's like shows the the different color it's like all black on the bottom and then all i don't know Mm -hmm. i just observed that yeah and Um, it's led by the bible too so -hmm. the bible was definitely something that stuck to him and turned yeah. him away from violence. Francesca, yeah. Um, yeah, I want to add on. Also on page 43, it was a kind of a big turning point for John Lewis because that's when he realized that life wasn't only that like segregation. Like right. when he went, when he traveled to towards Buffalo and stuff, he noticed that white and black people were living next door to each other. And that's like something very new to him because where he lived, um, there was people of this different races did not live next to each other because that Mm -hmm. was a thing that like no one ever did before. And I think that was a big turning point for him because it was just new. And he was probably very excited because he said he bursted with excitement. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's something that he never thought would ever could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really I, big I'd love to like film. elaborate. Like, I so I also like thought that was a huge turning point on page 42 and 43. I also thought on page, I think it's 53. Um, yeah, it's 50, or sorry, 59. And it's, I think this is a huge turning point. It's a little similar to what Jeremiah said, but it says, Dr. King's example showed me that it was possible to do more as a minister than what I had witnessed in my own church. I was inspired. And so it says like, it's explaining how, um, how inspired John Lewis was. And when he heard um, Dr. King's like example of the sermon, it, he, he felt inspired to make changes in the world. And I think that was a huge turning point for him. Yeah. I'd like to add on to Francesca's on 43, um, mm-hmm. because this I agree with her that it's a big turning point, but not only for the reasons that she stated, but also for the reason that he learned how different races could live in harmony, which is something he hadn't seen before and something yeah. he used in his protest to not, not necessarily um, put the black community above the white, but make them equal. Right. Well, also, like, it just shows that, like, when he got a new um, point of perspective and like, like was able to take a broad view and see that like the world isn't only what, like there's more to the world than how he sees it. He was totally inspired and changed forever. Cause mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And have anything else they'd like to add? I, I do. I have one on page 52. Okay. Let's and start. this, this is when he would he wasn't supposed to go to school because he had to help work on the farm because mm-hmm. of financial problems but he still would because he knew that he had, he had a dream and he was dedicated and yeah. this this is really a turning yeah. point because this is when he realized i know i can do something with my dream and i know it's important and i have to act on that he, it's so it was worth the scolding that he got to pursue totally. his dream and go to school totally. and the education yeah. that he needed that's definitely yeah. yeah that's definitely a turning point for him like in his life and I also think like the illustrations really show that because there isn't there isn't that much going on in the like the mm-hmm. panels it's just like a plain field and like the bus yeah. there's like a few words also it's like literally maybe like yeah and- but like the words like kind of mean a lot like I dash out climb yeah. on and be off but like it doesn't only mean 
in like the car it means like for his life like it was like a starting point for him to eventually preach and lead many different people Mm -hmm. and like be off into into his adult life kind of i think yeah yeah i definitely agree especially on the um bottom left panel on page 53 you can see the face that he's making and that he's stubborn he's dedicated he knows what he has to do and yeah. he's making the face that shows he won't give up he's going yeah, to pursue yeah that's, so yeah, that's really, really, yeah good point okay well i think does that wrap it up for today i think it does yeah yeah right, i'd just uh, like to wait. add one more thing okay, yeah of course of course see john lewis knows that he, what he did would definitely help but it's not completely finished because what we saw in the summer with George Floyd, for example, it's still going on and we still see it. Although some things have reformed, we still see corrupt systems today. And I think that we we still we have to look back at what he did um, and use his skills to reform yeah, today. John Lewis. Yes. Yeah. And reform today yeah. how he did with the nonviolence. Because I think that works better because it gets the media mm-hmm. on your side, which is very important. And use his strategies like the boycott and sit-ins um, if we disagree with something today. Totally agree. I agree with that because I think that even though like John Lewis did so much, he, I think, I don't know him, obviously, but I think that he would want for like the future kids and people to follow in his footsteps and even if it's not only like racial injustice like for many different um for many different topics and subjects that like the world needs help with I think that jo- uh, that yeah. John Lewis's like I totally agree with you would be yes. really helpful in that er- area totally mm. um yeah, I think those were all really, really good points. Um, well, I think that's it for today. Um, thank you for listening to March Squad. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.